0: Hello and welcome everyone to our InZone podcast focusing on virtual audits. I'm delighted to be joined by Dave Schumacher who oversees the Alturist Analytics Quality Assurance Programme who will discuss his experience of virtual audits particularly as Alturist Analytics conducted one of the first virtual audits that included an FDA inspection. So firstly how have remote audits been accepted by sponsors?
1: Thank you Neema. I think Sponsors have adapted, they've been forced to adapt. In, in some ways. so it, it's been an interesting time period to get these remote audits figured out, figure out platforms, figure out systems that work, don't work and technology can be wonderful or can be a bane as well too trying to get things set up and working. you know occasionally we've come into last minute glitches on something and so we just figure it out and, and we move forward. But you know for the most part the industry has accepted remote audit at least in our environment. We recognize that remote audits don't solve everything for all the CROs and and companies out there. But, you know, short of not doing anything at all, companies are trying to make this work.
0: Absolutely. And although research has continued throughout the COVID-19 pandemic that has led to the pharmaceutical industry adapting how audits are conducted, would you say preparing for a remote audit is any different than an on-site inspection?
1: Well, the way we run our remote audits, there's a lot more prep work, I think. It takes more time and more effort to get the system set up. You know, it's going to depend on each each company what, what what tools they have available. Some companies may have an auditor to log directly into their quality management system and have all their documents and everything like that. There, we don't quite have that. We save all our key documents, our SOPs, training files, whatever, into a PDF format, and then we upload them to a secure site, and then give access to the secure site to the uh, auditor. Well. You know, that sounds fairly easy, but, you know, if you have 100 or 200 SOPs or whatever, you have to make sure you have the right version number there. You know, if there's any changes to SOPs, actually a new version of the uh, SOP or document coming out during the audit, you need to upload that at the time and inform the auditor. with With, with the remote audit, one of the challenges that you have, too, is, you know, what time zone are people in? You know, basically here in my company, we're an eight to five shop, like most most companies are. But, you know, if you're on East Coast or overseas, well, now you have some challenges. So most, we don't have many overseas customers. So all our audits have been in the U.S. But if we're, we're in the Pacific time zone here, if we're dealing with East Coast time, well, you know, starting at 11 o'clock their time is not helpful. So we try to h- find a happy medium. You know, set up a time where it facilitates you know both of us and deal with the time zone issues the best we can on that. So you know, it's important just to communicate up front when you're setting up the audit. How is the audit going to? transpire. When we're first contacted by the auditor, hey, we need to do an inspection. I In my response back to the individual, I go in pretty good detail as to how the audit's going to lay out so they can plan in their mind how this is going to play out because this is not a standardized process by any means yet. So it's important for the auditor to understand how this is going to work and so they can, they can plan their schedule accordingly. So something that we've done here now too is actually prior to the audit. We'll give the auditor access to the secure website with all our documents in about five days before the actual audit. So it gives them a chance to go in, review processes, SOPs, you know, some training files. You may perhaps have a few people that we've uploaded at that time before everything has started. So when we actually do have the online audit, you know, using Zoom or WebEx or whatever platform we're using, they can come in with questions right away and we make it efficient.
0: And you've mentioned that time zones being a potential challenge for virtual audits. From your experience of conducting and hosting these audits, would you say there are any limitations to the remote audit?
1: Well, you know, there are one of the areas that we find a little bit limiting is uh, the ability to actually look at raw data. To look at, say, uh, an LCMSMS chromatogram, files, the data acquisition, the limbs system and we cannot upload that so we will generally do a, a share screen at that point, and the scientists on our end here will bring up any files that the auditor wishes to see. We can show the electronic files right on screen. They can ask questions. Obviously it slows things down a little bit in that tier, but for the most part, our customers have been understanding and they're thankful for you know, what they can view and uh, acknowledge uh, those limitations uh, with us in, in that tier. So you know, that's probably the primary limitation is just the ability to look at some of the electronic data in, in a live format. For the most part, it's worked well on our side. You know, you mentioned that we hosted the FDA. You know, we were one of the first companies in the U.S. actually, probably internationally, almost too, to be inspected remotely by the FDA, and we shared a number of files with them online remotely. They actually controlled the platform Webex, but they would give control of the screen to us, and then we would navigate through all the data with them. So that process went on uh, for multiple days, and I'm sure most people out there are glad to know now that the FDA actually doesn't do remote inspections anymore, at least not officially. They're called remote regulatory assessments. They are not actually in an official inspection, but they probably go through all the functions that they normally would, except that there's no 42 or 43 or anything like that issued as part of that process. But if they do have questions or whatever, best to address them because when they do get around to a live inspection, they'll be coming and following up on those.
0: Absolutely. And lab video tour is included as part of the inspection what tools have been helpful in conducting these online video tours
1: typically we do our tours using just a cell phone. It's handy, you can hold it in your hand, or, or actually work. what works better that we have found is we purchased one of these handheld gimbal devices that helps stabilize the camera. The gimbal also allows you to go from landscape, press a button, go from landscape to portrait mode, or use it to pan, and you know it takes out a lot of the vibration that you uh, might normally get from just uh, holding it by hand. And another tool that we've just recently implemented, we do our tours with two people. You know, some companies maybe do it just one. We like to put the the senior scientist, you know, the individual who actually leading to her out in front of the camera. So we actually have the uh, senior scientist does, does the narrative. So, but one of the challenges with that then is sometimes the ability to hear because you can't stand like right on top of the camera we here, so there are times we try to make our tour as interactive as possible, so the auditor can ask questions. Well, sometimes if you're in a noisy environment, you have to get down and put your ear right by the camera. Well, we have a lot of close-up uh, shots of various people's ears around here. So, but something that we've just implemented there and, and we tried it once, and it worked out really well. We have a, a Bluetooth speaker device now that we senior t- scientists will carry. It actually is uh, it's a, a speakerphone designed for a conference room. You know, it's just a flat device, you know, maybe uh, four or five inches in diameter. But uh, we mounted it to a platform with, and then put a handle on the bottom of it. So now you actually, the uh, senior scientist is holding it like a speaker. Then he or she then can easily hear and any questions that uh, the auditor may be asking. You know, if the auditor says, hey, I want a close-up of that bottle there. So we can hear that and we go do a close-up um, the handheld gimbal and the speaker phone they cost each about a 100 bucks or something like that you know a piece and whatever here but they are well worth the investment
0: good tips there for what to buy now if you look towards the future do you think remote audits are here to stay
1: i think Remote audits will be around now for quite a while. They obviously are not, you know, the ideal tool sometimes here, but companies have figured out how to uh, use them and understand what the limitations are. You know, there are some things you can't do. You know, and a good auditor is gonna use all their senses when they go into a facility. You know, it's not just visual, but they're gonna, does the place smell musty? Obviously you obviously can't smell over, over a remote audit uh, audio uh, application. Is it noisy you can't hear that quite so well either you know the on-site audits are still going to be important moving forward but you know perhaps you know instead of an on-site visit every two years or every year or whatever well maybe they'll do an on-site every other year and or you know, skip a year then do a remote audit in between you know if they're comfortable with the facility and they're confident that there's no huge questions or issues. They just may decide to do a remote inspection instead. So yes, I think they're going to be a tool that auditors will continue to use even once this pandemic is over.
0: Well, thank you for joining me today and for sharing your knowledge on virtual audits. And thank you to our listeners for listening.
1: Thank you.